Okay, thank you for joining us. This is Representative Dan Miller. You are listening to On the Table, the number one Democratic podcast. I don't know if everybody's been catching that. Uh, we are here with a special guest. I'm very excited to have my good friend, uh, Joanna McClinton, who not only is the representative of the 191st District, but she is the Speaker of the House. Joanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on the number one Democratic <laughs> podcast. Wow. Oh, that's right. Oh, it's big time. It's big time. I appreciate you, you doing it here. We're here on a Wednesday towards the end of session, a big week, again, full of a lot of Democratic priorities and big topics being pushed and discussed. And it's all under the leadership and guidance of the Speaker of the House. And Joanna, I got to just bring us back here for a moment, because obviously, you know, look, you and I have known each other for years now. You know, I've seen you go through different leadership roles, and most of them I can understand and I can relate to in some way. Obviously, I cannot relate to being Speaker of the House. So in that moment, can you take us back and tell us what was going through your mind when you were actually taking the oath to be Speaker? When I was taking the oath to be Speaker, I just kept asking myself, not only taking the oath, but quite frankly, Dan, throughout the entire day, whether or not I was still dreaming from the night prior. I'm like, is it still Tuesday mm. night mm. <laughs> or Monday night? I'm you. like, what's going on? Is, it, is this really happening? Because quite frankly, you all know and you, your folks who are listening know that we had a little bit of a stony road to the path, but it was just truly exciting, humbling. I uh, you know, envisioned it happening many times and it took months and months and months, mm -hmm. a little bit longer mm -hmm. than we planned, but it was awesome. It was a really awesome moment in life. Well, we've obviously, our caucus has won the majority now three times uh, this uh, this term, which is, I think is a record. Uh, but you're also obviously the first woman to occupy that role. What, what, what did that mean or what does it mean to you to have that? It's pretty terrific because it means for all of the women in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania that we are able to see ourselves in a role where we never have seen ourselves prior. Mm -hmm. And what I tell our colleagues and all of the women who visit Harrisburg or uh, even the girls that I talk to when I visit schools is like now I'm expecting all of you to go farther than Speaker of the House. <laughs> yeah. Be the first woman governor, be the first woman in the U.S. Senate. Uh, we That's still right. have a ways to go in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania for women to not only make history, but just break records and be in places where we've been held out. Well, I know too that this is the, um, you are the second African-American to be Speaker of the House here. Uh, and we're here in a special week as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So this week, we marked the 46th anniversary of Speaker Kay Leroy Irvis becoming the first African-American speaker here in the Pennsylvania House. But he also, a little known fact, is the first African-American speaker in any legislative chamber yep. in the nation. And that occurred in 1977. So this week, his family was present, right. his daughter, his granddaughter, his widow, who's now 90 years old, and talked about how even after he was elected, she knew there were not enough women in office, and she worked with C. Dolores Tucker mm. and Shirley Chisholm to ensure that in PA, women can get elected. So I just stand well, yep. uh, certainly on Speaker Irvis's shoulders, but now uh, his uh, widow's shoulders. I had no <laughs> idea all of the groundwork she laid for women to get into office, even here in Harrisburg. Well, it was a very special moment we've been capturing. I hope people are taking the time to take a look at all the good um, work of our Pennsylvania Black uh, Legislative Caucus is doing with uh, Chairwoman Bullock uh, to make sure that uh, Harrisburg and hopefully the state is seeing this and remembering and elevating this as to what was done 
and how it laid the foundation, as you said, for what is happening now and for what comes next. I mean, it is a tremendous amount of uh, importance to us. But I always tell somebody, too, the key thing about you, Joanna, is I always say, look, she is the first of many things. And that's very true. And that's something for us all to be excited for. But you're also incredibly uh, qualified to do the job. So tell me, when you're up at that rostrum and you got to manage everything, how crazy is it for you to do that? How, how do you keep up on all that? I, it seems to me like I would lose my mind. Well, first thing is I take my time. I don't let the members rush me into making decisions, and I don't let uh, even my inside voice rush me into reading a, tr a transcript quickly or making decisions rather quickly. One thing that I definitely said on the 28th of February is that I intend to be a very fair speaker and make sure that the Minority Caucus is not silenced and to make sure that the things we endured for all the time we previously right. served <laughs> Right, right, right. Uh, not being able to contribute to the process of lawmaking, that it doesn't actually occur. Yeah, and that's okay. That's that's how that's how busy Joanna is. No matter how she silences phones, they one way or the other, they're going to reach out to her. So we appreciate that. Sorry. Yeah, you know, look, it's uh, and and you referenced um, you know past experiences. The Democrats, our caucus, obviously being in the minority, and we've gone through a couple. We're not going to name names, but we've gone through a couple where maybe we didn't feel it was as fair as it should have been. Uh, but that is a key component to what you're hoping to do and what you want your legacy to be. Is that what I'm understanding? That's correct. It's important for me to know that I set an example so that many, 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 many more women can do this job. We've had 142 men to precede me. Um, the joke but hopefully a reality is 142 women will succeed me. Yeah. Uh, and it I won't be you. a strange thing. Right. Uh, so mm -hmm. to do it in a way that we can put our trust in the next woman to do this job, but also so that the legacy that we are crafting for whatever amount of time we have to do this opportunity um, and pursue it for Pennsylvanians' betterment is that not only do we send great policy ideas to the Senate and to Governor Shapiro's desk, but that the decorum on the floor is restored, that people are respecting each other, and that they are not silenced, no matter what their viewpoints are, mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. that they learn how to do it in a way where we can uh, agree to disagree, because there are many moments already, and this is our third legislative week being in the majority with me and that gavel, um, that we agree to disagree on a few different things. You know, the uh, one of the things I, I used to comment on back when I was a commissioner in my hometown of Mount Lebanon, uh, I was in the minority of the commission body, and I would often say that the number one thing for the majority to protect is the rights of the minority uh, to participate. So I very much appreciate that. But before I get into something, I got to like bring us back for one again, a moment here on that console. So when you're up there, okay, and I hope people take a look, look, that's a big console. And I'm just, I, it feels like a Star Trek, like it's like a Star Trek thing, like you're running the Enterprise. <laughs> but like, uh, so tell us there on the console, what is actually there? What are you actually going through as you're trying to monitor the floor debate? What is all on that console? I'm looking at the button that says, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> so there or beam is... me out, maybe beam me out a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> There's, of course, you know, making sure I turn my microphone off. That's the biggest key. Is that right? Uh, is that yes. a problem? So you got to watch that. Uh, listen, it's, it's very much a live microphone. Okay. So I have to make sure when I'm done talking yeah. that I turn it off. 
And then I'm able to see essentially every member on the floor. I can see their mm -hmm. picture. And if I touch on their face, I can see the county that they represent and also their district number. Oh. And at some point, I think we'll be able to have a button where we sit so that we don't have to raise, raise, our, hand, raise our hand to be recognized. Oh. We'll just be able to hit that from, my, from your desk and it'll come up on that big screen that I'm uh, looking at all day. That'd be great. That would be great. Actually. It'd be easier to, to manage yeah. and not miss anyone. Yeah, no doubt. And you said transcript. Is it an actual transcript or what, what is that? So our parliamentarian is able to get the bills from the leader's office. And, you know, sometimes it's early, sometimes it's late. Uh, sometimes the parliamentarian says, you know, he's typing a transcript till 2 a.m., but he's not complaining, you know? <laughs> no, no, I imagine not. Uh, because of our rules and our protocol, you know, we have to stick to the script. I can't just say we're going to do House Bill 1. I have to say it in a way that conforms with the Constitution so that we pass okay. it in a way that conforms and that nobody can come back and say, hey, Hey, you didn't ask did all you. the members vote so you this bill doesn't count you know so that it doesn't end up in a lawsuit so there are certain things I have to say and until I master what those phrases are David Brogan Esquire takes the yeah. time every night to type it all up listen I, I don't know about problems with mastering to me you, you've been coming off fantastic since day one and just the last thing just so I know that, that transcript is it paper or is it like an iPad or is it on a screen what is it <laughs> it's not an iPad so because there are so many bills we've been running an aggressive legislative really? agenda is that true oh I did not every know. single week it's an aggressive legislative agenda because yeah. of course we want to make sure that we are showing everybody what our leadership looks like and what we can accomplish for working mm. families across pennsylvania right. so it is it's paper it's in a binder every day and many days is about 30 pages wow okay well listen uh, i know i don't have you for too much longer one quick question on the speakership role as well now um Obviously, I, th I think most of our, our people probably understand this here with it, but you're the Speaker of the House. There's a leader of, of both caucuses, obviously Leader Bradford and Leader Cutler on the Republican side, Bradford on our side. Um, uh, tell us, is, is there sort of a, how do you form a working as part of that triangle of leadership there? How do you do that in a way that kind of like makes sure that you're having a positive relationship with all three and that communication works well between that triangle? Well, it's interesting. You know, I feel like just the other day I was standing at that podium and was a floor leader and I recognized like you have to be the champion for your caucus. You are the coach. You are the cheerleader. You're playing every role at, at the time. You're the star player. I mean, you're mm -hmm. doing it all as floor leader. And so I make every effort to ensure that both the majority and the minority leader are heard, that their members see them fighting on their behalf. Right. And that most importantly, when there wouldn't otherwise be be leeway that they're given latitude to be able to be that star quarterback in the moment for their caucus or that they're able to do that slam dunk as necessary even though it's a little bit rough around <laughs> the edges and probably a technical yeah. foul otherwise so it's exciting it's really exciting but because I was just at that podium I do have the grace I extend to each of them so that they can do those roles because yeah. I remember yeah. how tough it is to what especially if you're not going to succeed in your argument yes yes we <laughs> know that you need to get across so that people know where your caucus stands on these issues. Well, and, and finally, uh, you know, look, we're on, we're, we're recording this here towards the end of May. We have, we are doing budget work now. We know that the budget has to be done at the end of June uh, at the latest, right? So in 
what should sort of looking ahead? You kind of mentioned uh, how Leader Cutler and I'm sorry, Leader Bradford and the Democratic team have been pushing uh, a strong sort of <laughs> active agenda. But just sort of looking forward from your role up top as a speaker, what should people expect to see over the next four weeks? So over the next few weeks, you should expect us to make good on our promises. Our promises have been to ensure that every child across Pennsylvania can access a fairly funded school. So that is a priority for us. That's something we've been working hard on. We are looking for partners across the Mm -hmm. aisle. So in case anyone's listening, we (laughs) want to give Pennsylvanians a long overdue raise in the minimum wage. People always ask, do do you know, does anybody actually make $7 and a quarter? And we have the facts. We have the studies, you know, over a million working adults Mm -hmm. with children in Pennsylvania make seven dollars and a quarter so it's not a myth it's not a misnomer people say oh no one still pays that no there are entities that do still pay that and we want to work across the aisle to get that minimum raise finally boosted Uh, and we also want to make sure that we are doing all the things to do to keep the public safe you know we passed some serious gun reform bills but we recognize that that's a great start but there's more work to do in that conversation around public safety and democrats are all in to keep us safe in our places of worship when our children go to school and most importantly in the neighborhoods where we live that's right well you know look um i'm so thankful um my friend for you to give us a little time with you to Today. Uh, really appreciate both, uh, you know, all the information about what you have been doing, why you've been doing it, what you're looking forward to, all these things with it. Uh, very much uh, appreciate it. And look, uh, for those listeners who are with us, uh, uh, the speaker. Uh, has played an integral role into everything that has been successful over not just this term, but the previous term in her leadership role as leader. It's been fantastic in my role to be supportive and be part of that team, but I very much appreciate everything she's done to get us to this point. And um, Joanna was mentioning a bunch of key things that we've done. It's been a busy couple weeks from the Democratic Caucus. There's much, much more to come. We're not going to forget those issues, those education, those workplace, those safety issues that Joanna referenced. You've not seen the end. You've seen the beginning. Thank you very much, Speaker McClinton, for being with us. Thank you so much to our whip who keeps our caucus knitted together. Dan Miller, (laughs) we appreciate all your hard work. Thank you, everybody. We'll catch you next time on On the Table.